Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I spoke to my team this morning. I basically told them that I said some things that were misconstrued. I didn't present it properly, and that's on me. So I took accountability, told the guys that... uh, you know, I should know better, and uh, I had a bad day. So I figured, you know, feeling better today, let's move forward. So to me, as far as I'm concerned, it's really now about the most important thing, that's getting ready for football. A little backpedaling there from Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Commanders. That was what it was, right? Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was necessary. I don't think it was either. Because I don't think it was a direct shot at Carson Wentz. I think it was just the position. Like, because other teams in our division have better quarterbacks. Here's the thing. It might have been a shot at Carson Wentz. It kind of was, but that's speaking the truth. Carson Wentz has got to be able to take it at this point. I'm sorry, man. Carson Wentz hasn't done anything. But imagine if Coach Eberflus would have came out you know, after a game and been like, the issue is our quarterback. Everybody around here would be like, no. Everybody would have ooh. No, just for the honesty, why do you think Mike Ditka is a god in this town to this day. Okay. People, you know, didn't even see Ditka, but he's he's a guy because he was blunt and he told it like it was, and he grabbed Jim Harbaugh's face mask and he yelled at Vikings fans. Yeah, people dig that. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, let's see what the people of the D.C. area feel about Ron Rivera's comments and the little rift with Carson Wentz. And to do that, we're going out to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the beat writer uh, for the for the Washington Post, covering the Washington Commanders. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Sam Fortier. Sam, good evening. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. So, are are, are the fire Ron Rivera chants getting louder right now, or or get rid of Wentz? <laughs> is that louder? No, the people are definitely fed up with Ron Rivera. I think there's a lot of people who would not mind seeing him go. I think that uh, I do think that the comments were sort of. It's difficult because Ron, I think his point was other teams have had longer to build around their quarterbacks, Mm. right? Like Dak and Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts have all been with their teams for multiple years. But the problem was when he presented it in the way that he did and just said quarterback and left it at that. (laughs) And then when his explanation over several answers was like not all that logical, it left it open. There was like a perfect vacuum for anybody to look at that situation and say like, this is my interpretation of it. So I, I think that it was more of a clunky answer than him calling out Wentz, though I will say, like, you know, he didn't help himself in any regard there. 
clunky is a great word. I'll I'll accept that. I'll accept clunky because that's exactly what it came across as, and I don't think he understood what he had quote unquote done at first. But you surprised me a little bit that that aside from that or keeping this in the mix, that fans are fed up with with Ron Rivera. Was were they were fans taking Wentz's side in this whole? thing or were they like yeah man tell it like it is Carson Wentz sucks <laughs> I, I don't think there are any Commanders fans taking Carson Wentz's side on this uh-huh. I think that they're just generally fed up with not only the losing but also like Ron's demeanor after they lose like the angriest I have seen this fan base uh, which obviously was a, once a really proud fan base that that was the you know class of the NFL and in, in the 80s and 90s sure. I think that I, I saw them probably as – I've only covered the team for three years, but I saw them the angriest that I'd seen them uh, after the loss to the Eagles where, you know, Eagles fans flooded FedEx like they do every year. And after they got embarrassed, it was 24-8, to 8, but that was not indicative of how the game went. Ron got up and he said, hey, we're young, we're building. He said basically the same things that he had said the first two years. And I think that that he, – he just did not take the pulse – of, of the fan base, or he wasn't capturing, I think, the frustration and saying, hey, this is not acceptable, we need to be better. He was kind of using some of the same lines. And, and since then, he's gotten a little bit fiery a couple of times, but he's mostly kept it, hey, we're building towards something. And I think in year three, that message is, is not resonating. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff has an expiration date. Like, yeah. yeah, you can, and we're going through that right now. You can only say it so much. That's what we do now. Um, you know, speaking of Carson Wentz, I mean, it's not like he's not like he's trash. I mean, he's done well this season so far, putting up some some pretty big numbers. What do you think is the biggest issue that Ron Rivera has? I mean, I know you mentioned you know not being able to build a team around him, right? But I mean, what your personal opinion or the opinion of the fan base? I mean, do are are people really not pleased with what Carson Wentz has done so far? I think some of the, like the big numbers that he puts up is because they, he's dropped back, you know, a top five times in the NFL right like they've been down huge in the second half of a couple of games so they've they've passed a ton so he's he's kind of accumulated some of those counting stats if you look at you know the touchdowns and the yards and things like that but I think mostly it's it's the same the things that frustrate the fan base are the same things that that I think other than the vaccine stuff was what got him shipped out of Indy right like he just has this propensity to make unbelievable bonehead errors at like the worst possible time. Yeah. Right. That's been his career. Like, yes. I mean, three fumbles. Last yeah. Game is not... Like in, in week one, he got picked off on a screen pass in the red zone in week two. He had a fumble in the red zone, or, you know, a fumble inside, you know, the commander's 20 last week. He threw a pick on the two yard line at the end of the game when he just, you know, need to punch it into win. He had three, t- you know, three chances. It's, it's not that he is bad consistently. It's just that he picks the worst possible time to be terrible. Yeah, because you look at numbers and when numbers lie, but he did have he did throw for three hundred fifty nine yards against Tennessee. He's thrown for three hundred yards three times. <laughs> yeah. As a Bear fan, I'm looking at that like, ooh, look at my tops. I'm like, damn, that sounds sexy. Oh, right hey, there. not just that, not just that. <laughs> But what about the receiving core going on right now yeah. with the commanders with Brown, McLaurin, and Samuel? Brown with 105 yards, 76 for McLaurin, and 62 for Samuel. That's legit, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, I would say Jahan Dotson, the rookie. Yes. Who, We've got Dotson. Who, who is, 
Right. He's going to, he's going to miss uh, this game with a hamstring injury, but like the first three weeks he was targeted. He was Carson with his most targeted receiver. They haven't actually been using McLaurin all that much. And if anybody, if anybody after a, a brutal training camp and, and, you know, kind of an up down rookie year, if the, if you, if you ask anybody watching, is Deami Brown going to do anything this week, with, even with Jahan out, they would have said no. And if, and if anybody said they saw, you know, his stat line coming, they would have been lying. But I mean, yeah, they, they have given Carson Wentz a lot of talent around him. They have, you know, a good running back unit. They have a, a very talented wide receiver core. The tight ends obviously have been a, a big disappointment this year, but they, they have given Carson Wentz the, the tools to succeed, but I think they kind of forgot how to protect him. We're talking to Sam Fortier, beat writer for the Washington Commanders for the Washington Post. Right here on 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Mark Grody. I read your piece uh, that you just put out about the Bears. You're saying that, you know, the commanders need to force the Bears to pass. And oddly enough, that's what we want the Bears to do. We want the Bears to air it out here in Chicago just a little bit. Um, How is your secondary out there in Washington? How how confident are you guys in that group? Well, that is a a great question because basically Ron Rivera handpicked a new front office last year in 2021 and the first one of the first big signings they made was William Jackson the third the corner from Cincinnati you know the top of the market corner elite press man guy and he came to Washington which plays a lot of zone under Jack Del Rio and he just never he, he just really has never looked comfortable never figured it out last week they benched him you know finally after after some you know struggles 22 games into a three-year $40 million deal. And so the secondary is going to look a little bit different this week. They have, they've had, you know, with some injuries, they've had some chances to experiment with it, but you're going to see Benjamin St. Juice outside. You're going to see Kendall Fuller outside. You're going to see Rashad Wild Goose, uh, a second year guy who hasn't had a ton of experience play the slot in, in their, in their nickel sub package. So, uh, I mean, the secondary is, is all right. Uh, safety Bobby McCain got, uh, got lit up for a 61 yard pass last week, but, they they are capable. They're trending upward, but I still think there are some question marks there uh, for Washington fans. The the Bears uh, around here, a lot of people are picking the Bears to to win this game because they came close against Minnesota, and here comes one and four Washington at Soldier Field, and they figure, all right, this is a chance for the Bears to get a win. But in Washington, are they saying the same thing? Oh, we're playing, they are. playing the Bears. Of course they are. So is that is everybody there picking Washington? Like, okay, you got a chance to get your second victory right here. Yeah, I, I, it, it's funny you mentioned that because it is, I think, the exact same uh, thought process. It, like for Ron Rivera, it's like, oh, Ron Rivera, one and four, he really needs a win. Oh, thank God they're playing the Bears. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. And, and hey, he's he played here, so he yeah. understands yeah, yeah, yeah. how to win at Soldier it's Field. It's a revenge game. Didn't get the job here. Yeah, That's yeah. right. <laughs> well. No, you guys are exactly right. And And I will say that, like, even if you look at it, you know, obviously the Bears, it seems like, you know, just from my – uh, study this week on a short week it seems like they love to run the ball Washington has been very successful stopping the run um, even against teams that, that have run it pretty successfully including Philadelphia so I think that there's even some you know not just the the, the mojo but I think that I think that some Washington fans think that this is a good matchup yeah I mean I, I don't blame them don't don't blame them at all I'm curious now what do you think of Justin Fields oh Oh, man, this is a this is a tough question because I haven't watched him as closely as okay, you guys. Okay, I, I get but, it. But but 
I mean, coming out of Ohio State, like I, I thought he was a really talented guy. I think that Washington was interested in him, um, maybe not to the, to the level that, that the Bears were, but, but I think that they certainly uh, liked him. I, the thing that always surprises me is like when I'm going through, you know, the, after the Washington game ends and I'm saying, okay, you know, how do things go around the NFL? The fact that Justin Fields only gets like 15 pass attempts like a week or whatever it is, like yeah. always shocks me because every time I, you know, you see all 22 clips on Twitter and like the dude's throwing dimes, you know, at least two or three times a game. So my impression of Justin Fields is why aren't they letting him cook a little more? And that's just it. I think that's what they're trying to do. And that's why we think Washington coming to town is perfect. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, <laughs> I'm just playing Sam. I'm just playing. But, but I think you're right. I think a lot of Bears fans feel comfortable and, and seeing Justin when he does get into that two-step drop, releasing the ball quickly. And I think the Bears offensive coordinator, Lou Getzey, said it best. Justin needs to take more of those cheap completions because he, he kind of looks to not necessarily have a home run moment each time he drops back, but he's always looking for something better. And I think that this last game against the Vikings, he got into that rhythm of dropping it off to his running backs, dropping it off to Komet, you know, finding uh, Darnell Mooney a couple of times. Um, but but it'll be interesting to see the game plan because it seems as though that's what the coaching staff is lining up for. Each week, coaching to win. And against this Washington Redskins team, you know, what, what, what opposing teams that have faced the Bears this season, what they've tried to do and have been successful at is running the ball but the, the, the commander sitting at 28th in the league in rushing yards per game. Is that something that you guys are going to like finally let Antonio Gibson, who's on my fantasy team, uh, um, there we go. Be, be there? Or are you guys really you know, believing in Brian Robinson after playing his first game of the season? Well, I think the, the rushing yards per game might be a little misleading because like in weeks two and three, they were down by at least three scores at halftime. So in the second half, like – Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, is a guy who's just going to spam the pass button, even though we've seen like Carson Wentz, who had some of those same tendencies to play hero ball that it sounds like Justin Fields does, uh, can, can put them in bad situations, as we've talked about. But I think that they are more effective running the ball than the numbers suggest. I mean, especially uh, in week five against Dallas and that really talented defensive front, um, you know, they, they were successful. They, they hit a couple of explosive plays on the ground uh, when they really committed to it. My question is, are they, are they going to commit to it? Uh, Brian Robinson, especially, you know, coming off, uh, he was shot twice at the end of August and, and played his first mm-hmm. game last week, which is really incredible. Um, but, but every time he was in the game, Tennessee keyed on the run. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they were loading up the box and saying, okay, you know, fake it. And, and Washington didn't often do it. So they were a little bit predictable. I'm curious to see if, if they'll, you know, give Antonio Gibson a few more carries, if Brian Robinson can, can rebound. But, I think they're a better running team than the numbers suggest, and, and they could lean on that this week. Last thing I have for you is what do Washington fans have to look forward to? Why are they watching games? Because <laughs> it's like around here, so it, we can ask the same question, but it's like for us, it's Justin Fields and Bayless Jones Jr. and, you know, Kyler Gordon. There's this core of rookie players, or in the case of Justin Fields, a second year player. What is that for Washington? Why are fans watching Commanders games? Well, they're last in the league in attendance right now, and their TV <laughs> ratings are down. So, so they're not. I, would say, I, I mean, honestly, guys, like, you know, I'm not from the D.C. area, but when I moved to, to, to you know, cover this team, uh-huh. Commanders fans love nothing more than to root for Dan Snyder to sell the team. And, and why, <laughs> you know, that is really number one. And That's I would amazing. say, you know, they're just – there's a core of diehards who will never give up this team, right? Like, you know, they just remember 
Joe Gibbs and the Hogs and sure. John Riggins. Yeah, man. We know that storyline well here yeah. in Chicago. Yes. We'll do the same right. Thing. And so, so, you know, I think that, that they have a core, they have a pretty sizable core of fans who will never give up on them. Um, but why do they watch each week? Uh, you know, just I, I think to see if this rebuild is going to go anywhere. And I think that's why you see so much frustration. It's because they love pain the same way Bears fans do. I guess it's okay. So. It's the NFL. It's the people's <laughs> yeah. sport. Hey, Sam, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Can't wait to check out your number one hit single on Stuffing Animals. Hmm? <laughs> Incredible that that, uh, you you caught that reference. (laughs) Hey, Sam Fortier from the Washington Post. Can't wait to talk to you sometime soon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Says it in his Twitter profile. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Yeah, take care, man. He's an aspiring taxidermist who's also a singer-songwriter. Oh, wow. And his views represent Oprah. Oh, my God. He's a smart man. He he wants to get in the Oprah club somehow. There's so much more to that, man. Where is he from? He kept saying he was not from. I think it's New Hampshire. He's from, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. he's he's from kinda. And if he's listening, that way. it's weird that I looked you up. I know. I gotta. Um, <laughs> I gotta. Do. I gotta I, I don't, do we gotta take a break? We do. This okay. I got a text I'd like to run by okay. you. Now that's a tease. Yeah, man. Coming up after this. Yeah. Check out what this text. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hit it wrong. You hit the wrong button. Uh, on the other side, though, we are going to discuss the offensive line of the Chicago Bears because there is one player in particular that Mark Grody is saying that fans wish was not in that starting five. Who is that player? We'll tell you on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, live and local, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. That's how Mark Grody feels when he hangs out with us on a Wednesday evening. That's right. That we're the idiots. I like to think of myself as very cerebral Stop. and cerebellum. <laughs> what are you going to be watching on Netflix today? It's a great question. It's the great unknown. I'm going to go home after this, get some food, and put on Netflix and see who wants me. I want to see who <laughs> grabs me. You know on Netflix, there's always something new that splashes. Yeah. At the top, so yeah. I I want to see Cobra who, Kai season five. Nah, not red. No. You know, here's here's a really weird thing that I hate right now about my TV watching. I am right at the end of Ozark, and like those last, you know, it was the second no. the second part of the the finale. Sure. Love Ozark. I ran out of steam though on the show. Yeah. Like I just I did that. It out, was after like season one and a half. I was out. I was oh, like, really? Yeah, you yeah, were yeah. out on Ozark. One season and a, a couple episodes into season two, and I was like, I'm out. So it's like I've only got a couple college credits to go, but I yeah. can't finish See, it, and I got, don't want to yet. Got, and I, I, I'm mad that I. It's like yeah. a pizza being in front of you, and you don't want to eat yeah. it. Why don't I want to eat this pizza? You have Ozarkitis. Is that what it is? Kind of like senioritis? Well, like was, I, I've got the same thing with Better Call Saul, too. I've got three episodes to go, yeah. and I'm not in the mood. Okay. I'm not in the mood. Gabriel Ramirez, Mark Grody, 670 the score. We are going to be talking sports in a second. Um, but I want to say, have you ever used the function where they tell you, like, you know, just play me something or surprise me? I think that's what the button says. Well, that I do that with Alexa then, with, with music all the time. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you should try that. Yeah. Studs, you look like the type of person that would never hit the surprise me button on Netflix. No, never. I know. <laughs> it just, it's too vast. I knew it. I knew, you but know? I knew it, though. You're like, no. I'm not, I, I know what I want to watch today. I don't here's, want, the, here's the question. I'm usually, usually I'm looking for a specific kind of mood. Sure. Or, so you'll go to genres. If, if there was an option to like, hey, give me a random comedy show or give me a yeah. random scary movie. Yeah. You know? So like I'm usually looking for, if, even if I'm not sure what I want, I usually have an idea of a specific kind of genre or mood. Yes. So if I'm just shuffling anything on Netflix, I'm not interested in that. What is the longest, Gabe, and you two studs? Leo, if you want to play too, you can. What is the longest that you have looked for a show? Oh, on with all of your dude, I, I, and and not and struck out like what twenty minutes, thirty minutes? Oh, way longer than that. really. Like you've gone an hour, like just not finding where you're just like watching previews. Yeah, and you're in deep, and, and then, you just can't commit to anything. Well, and especially because I live with my wife, so it's like not just me. Right, it's like oh, I'll Jesus. like something and she won't, and then she'll like oh, something so, and yeah, I won't. Yeah, so you've got the double right. effect. There. But the biggest issue I run into on Netflix yeah. when I we we just my wife and I just did it for the first time. The uh, play me something, you know, whatever. Yeah, surprise random, me, surprise me. Yeah, whatever. And the first six uh, suggestions were cartoons <laughs> because my kids watch oh, Gabby Cat and, and and like Pink Fong and stuff like that. Yeah. So so I'm sitting there and I'm like, my wife and I are looking at each other. It's taken eight turns just to get to something that we like. But we ended up finding a show called In the Dark. You guys ever heard of this? Maybe that's what you should watch today. Okay. It's about a blind woman. Who, who oh, yeah, I saw that. It, it, didn't, yeah. didn't grab me. Did not grab it's, me. It's actually it's really good. a lot better than I thought. We okay. randomly saw it. Anyway, you know what, what I think is a lot better than I thought? What? Bears offensive line. Really? I, I Listen, people can go and look at the numbers and see how much seconds Justin Fields has to throw. But when I'm watching that game, for me, more often than not, 
I see Justin Fields in a clean pocket. Given an opportunity I, to throw. I, I've seen there's there are times there are, there there is an intermittency to that. <laughs> like fair, I, I, fair, but I think that's my point. As a fan, as a casual okay. fan, as a casual fan, I'm watching this game, and without having to go back and watch the all 22 that you hear people talk about all the time, I'm just watching the damn game, and I'm saying to myself, you know, the O line gets a bad rap, man. Justin Fields got time right now, or Justin, especially when I see Justin Fields take that two step drop, and where because he switches his legs, takes a two step drop, and I feel like he should be getting rid of the ball the same way that I see like. Tom Brady get rid of it immediately because he doesn't want to get sacked. And when I see that, and then I see the pocket start to break down, and Justin Fields have to do that little spin move that he does on every single team in the NFL, and it works every single time. When you see him do that, then I'm like, I think it's a decision-making issue more so than an offensive line issue. Yeah, no, I think you're right at times. At times, intermittently, like you said. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right that there are times when it is – Justin Fields's fault that it appears the offensive line is caving in or collapsing. That is true. But Sam Mustafer has struggled at center. Lucas Patrick has has quite frankly struggled at at guard. So yeah. and I think eventually Lucas Patrick will be the center for this team. I he will be unless there's a setback with his hand once Cody Whitehair returns, but you're going to continue to see the same alignment tomorrow that you have seen for these games. The other part of it too is and I've been trying to hammer this point home is that as much as we are all wanting to see and the Bears are wanting to see Justin Fields develop, they're very interested in seeing Braxton Jones develop mm. as well. Yeah. You talk about letting a guy play through it. They're letting him. I mean, his mis- some of his mistakes are allowed too, but he's not the quarterback. Larry Borum is a second-year player who you know got some time last year and was encouraging. But this is a fifth-round second-year player in a new system, so they're allowing these guys to develop a, a little bit too. It's not just that. Hell, I mean, you go over the defense. We've seen a lot of letting Kyler Gordon play through the pain, man. Yes. They're all these guys are getting to have the benefit of of doing that and part and that is what you if you are buying into Ryan Poles, you probably have to accept that the the offensive line is going to be rickety yeah. for at least this year and then we'll see I mean Alex Leatherwood I don't know if he changes anything <laughs> you know he he is you know going to be active soon for the Bears so I I don't know that that changes anything or putting one of the bench guys get Michael Schofield in there in some way shape or form but that th- that's also part of it it's not just Fields yeah. that we're all watching and evaluating and letting make mistakes it's also Braxton Jones why, and others why hair early can come back week nine, right? Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. Week nine. And so to be interesting, I mean, that's a lot of time in between to try to, you know, deal yeah. with the issues that you say are are so prevalent. Now, when when talking about Cody White here in particular, or excuse me, Sam Mustafer in particular, what is it? I mean, because me, when I see, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't see it the same way others do. You're around the guys, you're around the team. Like, what is the, what is the issue? Is he just letting too many guys buy him? Is he not? Making the right reads. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could the, speak. Is it the fumble uh, snap to uh, Justin Fields? Uh, just... Yeah, no, I wish I could speak better offensive line. I, I don't speak very well yeah. in that way, but just from people that do okay. evaluate the positions that know it, that I've read yeah. and seen, that Sam Mustafer is just getting beat too much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In terms of enough. what he is letting That's through. That's fair enough. So, yeah. But, I think it's tough, though, right, Groats? Because you're talking about like, that position in particular. 
you have a, a freak of an athlete on the other side of you trying to get to your quarterback. So true. Every single play. Yeah. And it's not like a wide receiver, right? Wide receiver gets the ball. I mean, yeah, you got a good cornerback on you and you have to create space. But you can't like like an offensive lineman can easily be dominated by the guy on the other side. Oh, absolutely. And it's magnified because it, the result end result is a sack. And Sam Mustafer's already overachieved. I mean, he has he, this is an undrafted guy right. from Notre Dame who comes in and last year plays center. This year he has gotten to do it. He probably understands and knows that eventually he's going to probably be on the Bears bench, but he's going to be a really solid, solid, solid backup for the Bears and a guy that you could play really any position inside. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to attempt to play him right. at either of the tackle spots, but Sam Muster has some versatility. He's a super smart player and he's already overachieved in his career. I wonder if Ryan Poles ever gets the itch to go downstairs and tap a guy on the shoulder. I don't think and so. And give some advice. No, it, oh, well, because he's I, off as a former uh, offensive lineman. Oh, no, lineman. no I'm, I'm sure he does. I'm he's sure like, he no, no, he's like, I mean, ah. If no, you no, would just... I'm, I'm sure he does, I, and I, I think that that should be welcome. I mean, like if he sees something, I mean, you don't want to take over the teaching process. Right. You, don't, and you certainly don't want to be annoying the players, but Ryan Like Poles... an 11 o'clock text message from Ryan Poles, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. hey, dude, I was watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you just get your hands a little higher. <laughs> Braxton Jones like, dude, come yeah. on. I'm yeah. now picturing a, like a 3 a.m. text <laughs> yeah. from your general yeah. manager. Yeah. Like, hey, man, listen, like what if I you... I was watching Netflix, and I uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. started yeah. thinking about you. Just pushing it all all too far but no polls he's at every practice he, yeah. you know he's out there and you know that he occasionally will chat with guy. i mean i don't see him doing that but i, I see him more it's more of the patting a guy in the back it's right. giving a fist pump to a guy so i mean we don't see the entire practices but i think that that that's open that's fair game man what, you, i think you want that what grade, actually what grade would you give the offensive line six weeks into the season mm, uh probably like a c minus wow yeah. that's bad yeah, That's I literally bad. said that the same time yeah, you did. Really, C-? I mean, minus? hey man, bad is D, bad is F. They are at, yeah coming into the season. You guys didn't get good grades you growing up. <laughs> C minus. I understand okay. what hey, C minus is all about. Excuse me, I got great grades. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's value in a C minus. Yeah, no, no. It's not a D. It's like the minus. C- I, get degrees, I, I think C minuses are just mercy from a teacher. Like, <sighs> like there's no doubt that when you get a C minus in the class yeah. or whatever, it's a D. But it's the teacher going, I can't. I like you that show person. up every day, right? You turn I like in your it. homework. He seems to try. He does extra credit. You're an idiot. Yeah, but he's I'm, an idiot. That, this is a D student. We're gonna give you the C minus. C minus is pretty evil. Studs. Though, why, why C minus? Studs. Oh, same reasons Grody was getting that. And and I think that look, the line has been better than I expected them to be. I would even maybe go as far to give them a solid C. Give them a seventy five percent. That feels good. But they've not been good. Uh, they're not good enough to get a B. If you, if you are, you're grading them on a scale of we thought they were going to be an F, so okay. I'm going to give them a B. But can, can we point like, out the fact? You're looking at a real, like, on the scale of a good offensive line in the NFL, they're nowhere close to that. Okay, I will say this. Does an offensive line that has the fifth best rushing yards per game deserve a C-? minus? They're really good at because that that's part. Where the, that's, where the, that's where the Bears are at right now. I, I, now look at their pressure rate. Fair the pressures around around fair the, and but but, but you've heard that around. right you've heard that where where their 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 passing protection pass protection is horrible but they they can get yeah. after it in the run in the right run. that's true but but you don't like we've seen that before we've seen many Bears teams that have good running backs with bad 
pass protection or bad passers. So that's you know that's really good. It's a right. really good thing that the Bears have finally established a run game. I don't want to minimize that. Yeah. But, just, the, but the thing you need to see. I'm trying to bump you up to a C. That's what I'm trying uh, to do right there. You're like, how can we put if you in were a 13th, C? If they were 13th in the league, 16th, and I okay, C minus, pairing it up with the pass. I'm willing to change my grade, but not based on the five games so far. Maybe maybe after Fair. tomorrow night. Okay. 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 And we will see what happens as the Bears take on the Washington Commanders. 7-15, that starts I know you're going to be watching it on Amazon Prime, but you can be listening to it on our sister station, WBBM AM. And, of course, we got the pre-show here on 670 The Score to take care of all of your needs. All right, on the other side, uh, somebody that is taking care of your needs, if you are a Cubs fan, is Jed Hoyer. He had the opportunity to talk with uh, Bernstein, or excuse me, Holmes and Rahimi, because Bernstein was out. Um, So we're going to play that for you on the other side. What did he have to say? about the power hitting of the Chicago Cubs and how he's how he wants to address it. We'll talk or we'll play that back for you on the other side. Jed Hoyer joins Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody right now on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. I thought this was another commercial. I love it. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody right here on 670 the score. I want to thank our guests for hanging out with us today, Chuck Swirsky. And, of course, Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Uh, you can catch Mark Grody and I Tuesday for the Top Draft Miller Lite special happening at Broken Barrel, 2485 Southport. That happens Tuesday from 7 to 10 p.m. Make sure you guys hang out with us there. But right now, I'm going to leave you with an informative interview with Jed Hoyer. He talked with Layla Rahimi and Lawrence Holmes right here on 670 The Score. And he addressed all the happenings that the Cubs will be taking part in this offseason. Here is Jed Hoyer with Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi. I mean, we can ask him. He's the president of baseball operations for the Cubs, but sure, we can waste his time with nonsense. Jed, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. <laughs> that that clip seems so long ago. My goodness. It does. So our right now in our studios is 77 degrees. How warm is your place of business? Uh, we're trying to save money for the offseason, so it's probably like 65. <laughs> Keeps you awake. Keeps you awake. I I think it's good that you actually brought up the the relative length of the season because I feel like for you specifically, there have been a lot of emotional twists and turns previously on Cubs baseball. For example, let's start with the obvious one. You know, Wilson Contreras, we didn't know if he was going to be on this team past the trade deadline. Felt the same way about Ian Happ. We just weren't sure. And you admitted that this team is going to give Contreras a qualifying offer. What's the thought process behind the approach? And also just how do you think things did shape out with those two after the trade deadline when the team was on an upswing? Yeah, I mean, we sort of state in the obvious. Um, you know, clearly, we'll, we'll make him a, a qualifying offer, and then we'll, you know, we'll continue, continue to talk to, you know, to his agents. And, um, you know, it's, I think the, the qualifying offer, and there'll be a lot of players that get qualifying offers, but it, it sort of helps to, uh, you know, frame the the negotiation a little bit. Uh, sometimes that that can that can help things. Uh, so we'll we'll do that. And you know, I had really good uh, conversations with Wilson at the end of the year. Um, obviously, you know, the, the situation with the the multiple goodbyes was unusual. Um, you know, with the, uh, the the trade deadline and then the end of the season. But you know, we had a good dialogue, and you know, we'll we'll see where things go. Um, you know, after we make him a qualifying offer, but. Yeah, I've got nothing but uh, you know great things to say about Wilson, and uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations. And obviously, he's uh, 
you know, you know, he, you know, because of what he's done, not only in 2016, but but in beyond, I think he's obviously earned himself um, a place in Cubs lore, and we'll see where the future goes. Um, you know, sort of once we make the qualifying offer and and continue that discussion. Jed, how would you describe how Wilson has grown and changed defensively from when you guys got here to now? Uh, well, I mean, he's always been a great thrower. Um, he's always been a really good blocker. Uh, you know, the biggest thing I think he's, he's grown with is um, this receiving, you know, working really hard with Craig Driver on the receiving. Um, certainly early in the season, you know, on, on, on the metrics, he was, uh, he was losing a lot, of, a lot of calls, and obviously he's gotten much better in that regard. Uh, so I think that's probably the biggest area that he's, that he's changed defensively. How would you describe the the thirty nine and thirty one in the second half? Because think, look, momentum is you. It's not something that necessarily can carry over through an off season when you make as many changes as people expect the Cubs to do. But what do you take from that run that you guys went on in the second half? Yeah, and that's a it's a really good question. So I do think momentum. I think there's we have momentum organizationally. You know, I was in Arizona yesterday watching the Structural League. Um, you know the energy down there is is fantastic. The the vibe, the, the confidence in, in those those young players is, is excellent. Um, I felt that you know in the second half that it wasn't only about winning and losing. It was about how certain guys were pitching and how certain guys were playing that you know ha, you know have a, a chance to really have a significant impact on us. So I don't think it was only about wins and losses because I agree with you. I think a good second half or a bad second half. I mean, one of the beauties of our game is that you sort of zero those things out going into the next season. Um, but I do think they were really good signs, both in the minor leagues and then obviously in the big leagues where, um, you know, some of the players that I think we have, you know, high hopes for and, and, and hope can play significant roles, um, you know, played really well. Um, so I was thrilled that we played, played really hard and, and won a lot of games. And to me, you know, beyond the, the wins and losses. I was just so impressed by the, um, just the competitiveness. The players kept playing hard. You know, they were um, into every game. They were prepared for every game. The coaching staff continued to teach. And, and, you know, that sounds like it should be the norm. It should be the norm. It's not the norm. When you look around and you play other teams and you, you notice their energy or you look down at their bench, you know, during the game and it's, you know, either um, not enthusiastic or or there's not a lot of guys there. I mean, you really notice which teams continue to to run through the finish line, and, and a lot don't. And you know, it's a long season, and we joked about the that clip from opening day, but it it does feel like forever ago. And I think that when you're a player and the the team is out of it, and you know that that grind can kind of wear teams down when they're not in the race. And the fact that our coaching staff and our players did what they did at the end. This gives me not only just a lot of pride in what they did, um, but also it gives me a lot of, a lot of hope and confidence for the future that um, that's the kind of character that we, that we have down there. Why do you think your team did that this season in the way they did, picked it up and ran with it, and then had that kind of want to? And we even heard about it later, you know, in the Mets press conference, they talked about the draw that they had in the playoffs. And one of the things that was said was we were swept by the Cubs. That was a performance that resonated past the season ending. Um, I mean, I, I'm trying to think where, where to start my answer with that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought – I don't know where they, they, they got the desire from. I think part of it was we got, we got healthy in a lot of ways. Um, you know, there was moments of the season where 
our inexperience really showed um, in sort of April and May. Um, and then at the same time, we got hurt. We had that, you know, one stretch where, you know, I think we were down four starting pitchers. And we just, at that point in the season, did not have the pitching depth or experience to um, to handle it. We didn't. And it showed. We, you know, we had long losing streaks. We were getting blown out of games early. It was, it was clearly, you know, you know, unacceptable performances. We just didn't have the depth uh, to handle it. As you got later in the season, a lot of those – a lot of the pitchers that end up stepping up later on, you know, we acquired Wesneski. He really stepped up. Assad, you know, really stepped up. Uh, Samson, you know, kind of got, got better and better as the season went on. A bunch of guys in the bullpen stepped up in their new roles. You know, guys like guys like Brandon Hughes, and that and that really helped that. So we we had a better ability to withstand some injuries and to, and to get through uh, some rough stretches. We just didn't have that early in the season, and. Um, that's no excuse. I mean, you know, ultimately, you know, we were eight games over in the second half, but it ultimately doesn't matter. We, you know, we took ourselves out of the race early and that's what we have to, you know, going forward, what we have to avoid, we have to build on that depth, you know, continue to add guys underneath it and get to a place where, you know, if we lose four starters or lose a bunch of position players, we're, we're able to withstand that. And um, that's the, that's the goal. I think, you know, our, our, our system, uh, is strong. I mean, we lack some, you know, some of the star power we had last time. I do think we have tremendous depth uh, in the farm system. And as that continues to mature, my hope is that we can get past those kind of, uh, those kind of concerns where you're worried about injuries because you don't have the ability to, to handle them. And we, we handled that much better in the second half. And that does give me a lot of confidence. Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer joining us here on the score if we're throwing out wins and losses in evaluations because of where you guys are at, how do you go about evaluating David Ross as a manager? Yeah. Like I said earlier, I, I think one of the main, or if not the main job of a manager is to, you know, motivation, you know, sounds, you know, a little bit, you know, high school, college football, but like, to get your players to show up prepared every single day. You know, it's not about, you know, it's, it's a long season. You're not going to, you know, the, the emotion you get in some sports isn't there. Understandably, it's not the playoffs, but to get your players to come in every single day in a good headspace, ready to try to win the game that night and just do that every single night. I think he does an incredible job of that. Um, he's the same person every day. You know, and, and, and he, you know, he's, he's loud, he's, um, he's excitable, he's um, really positive, and then he has a great ability to, to take that positivity, but when you cross it or he has to, 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 to um, give you some tough love, he does it exceptionally well. And so his ability to, to you know, motivate the coaches, motivate the players to come in and, and, and try to win a game every night is remarkable. Um, I think from a strategic standpoint, you know, I think like any of us in any job, like he'll continue to get better year after year. Um, I think there's been real improvement. Uh, he and Andy Green work really well together, but you know, I think we're lucky to have David. Um, I think he's done an excellent job, and I think he has a chance, at, you know, with just continued, you know, time in that chair just to keep getting better and better and better. Um, and I uh, you know, like I said, the Cubs are, are lucky to have him. As you know, Tom Ricketts gave a letter at – the day after you had your press conference to fans and he talked a lot about how the season felt like two seasons, a little bit like you, what you've touched on. And he also said, we will be active in free agency 
and have the necessary resources to substantially supplement our current roster. As Jed has demonstrated, we will be driven by intelligent decision-making as we build a roster that can win games in the postseason year in and year out. When you hear those words, and you know them well, I'm sure they've been said in the office, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, I'm fortunate that, you know, I have, you know, I have bosses that, you know, they, they, I think they, they trust my decision-making. I, I know that, um, I know what they expect from a process standpoint, you know, that if we're going to, you know, commit significant dollars or, or assets in a, in a trade that, um, I'm going to come prepared. I'm going to have thought of everything and I, I can, I can sort of like, you know, um, I can defend my case, so to speak, you know, and rightfully, I think, I think anyone should expect that, but I have total confidence that if I do that, that, you know, based on what I've watched with Theo, you know, from, you know, from, you know, the GMC and watched with me, like, I know that um, if I provide the right, <laughs> the right, you know, um, information and, and that, you know, certainly I can defend my case and, and I've thought of everything and they're always supportive. And, and I love that. And it's, a, it, it's, it's a great feeling knowing that they'll be supportive. So ultimately like it, it will be my decision, um, on how we, uh, on how we spend. And we want to be, we want to be aggressive. We want to be active. Um, we have real holes on our roster that, that we want to fill. I think when I talk about intelligent spending is that, you know, I do have a vision for, for what, you know, for what we want to create, you know, we want to create something special. We want to create something that, you know, we're really proud of that. We know you're going into every season that we you know we feel like we have a chance to play deep into October and, you know, a real, you know, a championship quality roster. And, you know, it is just a fact that you can make some decisions in this game that feel really good in the short term and that have real long-term consequences. And I think that's, that's always you know, in my mind you, that you have to temper, you have to sometimes temper that aggressive, aggressive, aggressiveness and say, you know, Hey, is this going to, you know, when we, when we think we should be competing for championships you know, every year and be, you know, a, a great organization, will this transaction hurt us or help us? And you have to, you have to keep that in mind. It's, it's like, you know, that's, I don't think that I'm um, saying anything novel. I think that's just the nature of, of, you know, baseball contracts is that you have to think about um, both the short term and the long term. And that's really what I mean by intelligent spending. Now, clearly we want to, um, you know, be as competitive as possible. We want to, you know, fill holes and add players. And you know, that part is um, without question. We just want to do it in a way that won't hinder what, we, what we're trying to build. I was intrigued with the, the concept of intelligent spending. And I was just curious, like overall, if, if you thought that, Maybe the way the, the way to game the system now with some of these contracts, where instead of longer term, you're talking about greater AAV on on free agents, and is that can that be construed as intelligent spending? Where instead of taking two hundred million dollars and 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 spreading it out over or three hundred million dollars and spreading it out over fourteen years or ten years, you look at a player and say, you know what, this player is worth forty million per for five years. Can that even fit inside the construct of intelligent spending? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.